Welcome to the Secret to My Success Show. Our guests will inspire, educate, and motivate our listeners who own a business or dream about being a business owner. Today's guests will share their stories and the secrets to their success. They have valuable insight with what they went through to start and grow their business. They will share the good, the bad, and the ugly. I promise it will be fun and valuable. Later in the show, former Major League Baseball player Luis Alaseo will be here talking to former celebrities and athletes about their transition from fame to being hands-on business owners. Good day. This is Alan Bornstein, Secret to My Success. Thank you for being here. I'm flying solo today because Louis is playing baseball. Well, you're not completely solo. I'm here. Oh my God, you're here! I am. I mean, I'm always here. Where else would I be? Okay, do your intro. <laughs> well, my name is Samantha. I am your board operator and co-host for the day. See that? She is my board operator and co-host. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm good. I think we have an interesting guest today. I'm, I'm really excited to talk with him. We have an interesting guest. Absolutely. We have Mr. Lamont Artis. Hello, hello. How's everybody? So did I butcher, butcher your name? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's perfect. Lamont Artist. Yeah. Lamont Artist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, Lamont, let's talk. Where are you from? I'm um, originally from Boynton Beach, Florida. Uh, Nobody's uh, from Boynton Beach. I promise. I, was, I promise I'm one of the few. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Local Floridian. Where in Boynton? Uh, born at uh, Bethesda Hospital and uh, right now down in the heart of Boynton Beach. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And who do you follow in baseball? The Braves, obviously, the best team in the world. Is that because when you were a kid, that's the only team that was on TV? <laughs> Actually, Super Dale Murphy was one of my favorite players. So, okay, cool. Yeah, the, the, Murph, the Murph set the tone for me. So are they going to take the division this year, or is uh, it going to be the Mets? Oh, the World Series. Well, the <laughs> they, World Series? Yeah, the Metropolitans, they may take the division, but we're, we're still going to get the series again. Back there to you back. go. Yeah. Good for you. I wish you the best with that, because my Red Sox are going to be playing golf. <laughs> no. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, it's getting yeah. dead last in American League. You say, yeah. Yeah, but they're still the Sox. You got to gotta love the Sox. They're still the Sox, but they have a lot of injuries. But, you know, got to do the best you can. And as we used to always say, there's always next year. Right, right. <laughs> right? For years, we used to always say there's always right. next year. I think we said it for 13 years in a row before we got the series, so it's okay. <laughs> that hurts, though. I just got used to saying that following the Mets with my stepfather, and I was like, you know what? Maybe baseball is not the sport for me. <laughs> You're an actual Mets fan? I really never really met well, one. Well, I mean, when you follow what your father follows, he's, you know, the jersey you pick, either Yankees or Mets. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. no Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, see, now we're on the same team here. You're my friend now. You're my yeah, friend. no Yankees. No Yankees. You got to pick one team or the other. He's like, you know what? I'll pick the Mets. <laughs> I almost became a Mets fan. Yeah? Seriously, if A-Rod had gone to the Red Sox, I was done. I never <laughs> liked him. I didn't want any part of him on my team. They signed him. Major League, uh, the union mm-hmm. uh, nullified the deal. And that was it. So I said I was going to be a Mets fan. Because only true Mets fans hate Yankee fans. Oh, okay. Not the ones that I love everything New York. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. But Mets fans. No. Do not like Yankees fans. That's just the way it is. So yeah. I was that close. It's a rivalry, for sure. You know, Louie used to be a first base coach for the Mets. Really? And that's why I, I asked my father if he knew who Louie was, and he indeed did. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, Dad's still a Mets fan? Yes. Good. He's got a lot to be happy about this year. They have some great pitching. Thank goodness they've been picking up. He's so used to the disappointment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Believe me, I went through it my whole life. 
my whole life. It's funny. My kids are 24 and 26, and all they know is that the Red Sox have been winners their whole life. Isn't that amazing? Oh. Yeah, that's all they know. <laughs> I got a good story for you about the, about Boston. I met this older gentleman a few years back when you guys finally broke the curse. He said, uh, I never thought I'd ever live long enough to see us win the World Series. And literally, he went to the stadium, Game 7. Three days later, he kicked off. He was like, I am so happy. And then that's the last thing I ever heard from him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to go out, though. You, you win with the victory and you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he, was, he was very happy. He was very happy. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was in a bar uh, with a bunch of friends down at the alehouse, and all the bartenders were so happy they passed out champagne to everybody. Nice. It was, it was a pretty big deal. Nice. But any real Red Sox fan, after they got, like, the first three games, they got their butts kicked. In game three, they got annihilated. When they won game four, it's like, oh, you people are just messing with us. <laughs> you know? You're prolonging this, right? Exactly. It was it was pretty ugly, but so enough about baseball, Louis. We missed you, buddy. We'll see you next week. Uh, so Lamont, let's talk about it. So you're from Boynton, yes, sir. And tell us your history. Where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college? What'd you do? All right. Well, I actually started high school at a school called Riverside Military Academy up in Gainesville, Georgia, and uh, that was really dope. And then I decided, oh, I want to know what regular high school is like. So I ended up at Santa Lucia's High School in Lantana. Go Chiefs. Uh, after that, went off to Valdosta State University, spent some time over there. And uh, one thing led to another, ended up selling commodities and doing a little entertainment work. In 2001, retired and moved to Ghana, West Africa. For Been there for the last 20 years and just transitioning back this last December. Wow, congratulations. On Wait a minute, you yeah, retired? Thanks. Yeah. How old are you? 49. I'm 49. Nice. Yeah. Is it rude to ask the age? Only from only a female. Can't ask. Yeah, you shouldn't ask a woman. It's like, uh, by the way, how much you weigh? No, yeah, we're you not asking I mean. that, okay? Right. So at 49, you retired. That's beautiful. So what are you doing now with well, your time? You're way too young. No, I retired at 27. You retired at 27? Yeah, yeah. I, you know. One lottery? What do you got? No, just uh, just did some good work, you know. Sold commodities, was, did some little entertainment, and... Decided to take my talents abroad and actually got an opportunity to work on another level, to work with different governments and, and infrastructure redevelopment and, and economic planning and things of that nature. So, like, who wouldn't take that opportunity? And spent the last 20 years doing that and learned a lot of cool things, a lot of interesting things and a new perspective. And now I'm back. And now you're back. Yeah. Let's talk about what does back actually mean? Well, um, I miss us. There's no place like home. Uh, besides that, we're now working. I found it created a foundation called the Many Homes Freedom Project. And what we're trying to accomplish and what we are accomplishing is to change the face or the process of refugee um, replacement or, and basically how people see refugees in the displaced. So we're looking at building new communities for um, refugees and also uh, the displaced and our veterans, you know, because people kind of overlook them after the services they've given our country, and helping people get their lives back together who who have been through storms or even like the people in Ukraine who've been through wars. It's not their fault. They didn't ask for it. You know, these people are doctors, they're lawyers, they're teachers, they're mothers, they're sisters and brothers. They're not just some useless person that didn't apply themselves. They weren't asked to be displaced. They were just forced. Lamont, define for people that aren't absolutely certain what a refugee is. 
A refugee is a person who has had to leave their country and is domiciled in someone else's country. Um, and it's generally by political um, oppression or some type of natural disaster or forcefully displaced. Like, again, I'll use the situation with Russia and Ukraine. There's a war that breaks out. That doctor can't stay in his home because it's blown up. So he has to go to Poland. Well, now he's a refugee. Okay. Right. So that's the that's basic that is the true definition of a refugee. So we don't really talk too many politics, but that is something that has been in our political system now for how many years about right. the border and people coming right. in right. and filling out paperwork. Are they legal? Are they illegal? So Think about these folks that are coming into Florida right now. And it's funny, there was just a story on it this morning that we sent all these people to Martha's <laughs> the Vineyard, vineyard yeah. and now they want to send them back to help rebuild <laughs> yeah. Southwest Florida. Right, right. See, that's the beautiful thing about our initiative, because we're not just saying we're going to take these people and give them, give them anything. What we're doing is taking these people, um, giving them a place to live, but putting them back into the workplace. So it's killing two birds with one stone, actually. We're taking away the burden off the general taxpayers like you and I. Right. Um, so we can kill that conversation. Well, they're just taking our money. No, what they're doing is they're That's active- political fodder for people that are trying to raise money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a problem yeah, with it. Yeah. But, one, but literally, once you put them into the workplace, they're paying taxes, right? So you can't have that conversation. They're also impacting the community in a very positive way, raising everyone's uh, property uh, property values because we're building new structures, interjecting ec- uh, economy by bringing in, let's say, Starbucks or or you name it, uh, Firehouse Grill, whatever. So we're creating this mixed use of communities, but they're actually, again, living there, working there, educating themselves. Those who, who are misfortuned and are the front first line refugees who just have nothing or moved out, who don't speak the language, we'll get them language courses, get them trades, and again, get them back into society. And then the locals, we're getting all the materials from the local people so everybody benefits by lifting up the community. Is your foundation a 501c3? Uh, we're still we're still waiting for that processing. Right now, we're a non-for-profit. Okay, excellent. So you're a not-for-profit in the state of Florida? In, in the state of Florida. State, but you're waiting for the IRS to give you the pre-501c3 designation. Yes, it takes about a six to eight month wait right now because of the backlog. I get some secrets to get it done sooner. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'll, we'll talk after, see if we can help you out. Sure that. thing, sure thing. So... It's an interesting topic, and I don't want to talk about Democrats or Republicans because they both have it wrong. Right. Okay? And I've been saying this for years. So you've got these people that are coming in, and why are they coming in? Why do you think they're coming here? Because somebody's told them they can get a job. Right. Somebody's told them there's some company willing to pay them off the books. Right? So you realize since 1986, they've had I-9 forms. And as an employer, we're required to fill out an I-9 form. And that I-9 form has, are they legal to work? But you know what you've had to do with that I-9 form since 1986? What's that? Nothing. (laughs) You never had to submit it to the government. You had to put in a file. They give you rules on which file cabinet to put in. You couldn't put the I-9 form in the application file. (laughs) You had to keep it separate. Right, right. That, That was a big thing. They used to come in and make sure your forms were in the right file cabinet. You could merge them together. So I've been saying for the longest time, 
It's so nice to raise money politically to scream about this. But the issue hasn't been with these people coming in. It's been with these companies that are hiring illegals that aren't doing it legit. So you heard about them pulling all these people out of a chicken factory. Right, they right, should have right. handcuffed the HR girl and they should have handcuffed the CFO. Because they, they didn't do their job. Out, yeah. Right? Because they yeah, had the absolutely. obligation to make it. Absolutely. So how fair is it for me or you and your regular business to do it legit? to pay workers' comp, to pay insurances, to pay taxes, to compete with a bunch of companies that are wanting to hire people off the books and take advantage of them. Well, I, I completely understand and agree with with the sentiment that you're setting because, you know, we have to do it the right way. I, I was living in Ghana, West Africa for 20 years. Um, not going to throw shade on anyone, but I can firsthand see the difference between doing business legitimately and also paying your taxes, the benefit to society that that generates. Right. Whether it's, you know, monetarily or physically in a structure, but even psychologically from the culture itself. If you're paying your taxes, we have lights. I'm just going to be very basic. We have roads. I can call the ambulance and they'll be there in two minutes. Oh, I agree. Right. Without paying those taxes, we don't have anything. So those people who don't do it absolutely should be you so know, the problem care of. is, so I have a bunch of clients that we talk yeah. to and they're saying, Alan, we can't find help. Everybody's talking about it. You can't find help. If the government actually wanted to fix this problem, it would be super easy. Mm-hmm. Create job centers as these people are coming in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let employers pick and choose because a lot of these people have skills. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose these people and they make a commitment that they're going to house them for 60 days, get them started. Right. They're going to pay taxes. And if they leave, they're going to notify the government that this that person's no longer with us. Okay? See, that's exactly what we're driving at. When we when we accept these clients, what again, to be a true refugee, you have to be processed through. The, so you're legally li- signed up. You have all your paperwork. So you legally can get a job. So it'll be our responsibility to be the overseer, quote unquote, to the shepherd. Put them through the system. Notify the government. These, this is where they're at. This is where they're working. We have a three-year term uh, process where they'll live, work, save their money, hopefully uh, teach them some financial uh, responsibility courses, get them into their homes. Again, a benefit for the society or the community. So we're purchasing a home in that community, or they can take their money and go home. But once they leave, we notify the government they're gone. Exactly. And I'm telling you what, there's companies that would line up and pay probably thousands of dollars in fees to find those people that are willing to work for them and do it legit. They work over 40 hours, give them overtime, pay the taxes. If you have insurance, offer it to them. If you could help them out with housing to get them started, why not? Why not? You know, Why not? Heck, you could buy a nice trailer, put them in a campground for, for two months <laughs> to get them situated, yeah, right? Right, right. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do this, but for some reason, nobody sees it like this. They see it as, oh, all these illegals are taking our jobs from us. Right, right, And right. there's jobs here that in the U.S. that people just don't want to do. They don't want. They don't want to. Like, no no one says that, oh, I'm going to go out and cut grass or wash cars. or I don't mean to be so remedial, but we have come to a standard that it's beneath us. You know, but there's nothing beneath a hard day's labor. So if these people are willing to come here, um, they're they're traversing the oceans. They're crossing borders. They're carrying their kids on their backs. You know, a lot of them. So they can just do our quote unquote remedial jobs. So let them have them. So how do we get our government to actually take the approach that having too many people wanting to come into your country isn't a bad thing? Because you look over in Europe. 
Yeah. Europe's dying. Their population's falling off. Yeah. They're paying people with incentives, cash incentives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Children. For sure. Because it's their tax base. They live on their tax base. And if they don't have kids, next generation's screwed. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. The country, Georgia, is actually offering $250,000 for people to immigrate into their country to go to work. Right. Right. And we're telling people, no, don't come. <laughs> we don't want you. That's not that's but not. why cool. isn't this an international problem? If we have a bunch of people at our border and for some reason we don't want them, why wouldn't we make them available to Georgia? Why wouldn't we make them available right. to countries in Europe? Canada's got a population problem in, in certain places. It seems like it's like this p- political hot potato that we like to bounce around because it motivates the masses. Well, I'll tell you this. Governor DeSantis, if you're listening, you don't have to send them to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Give us a call. Email us. Let's, let's, let's dialogue. We have a solution for your problem. And even down in this uh, southern border, it doesn't matter where they are. Our program is basically transportable, transplantable. We can help as many people as possible as long as we have the will of the people. And when they come in, you're talking about people that have proper paperwork, proper paperwork, proper documentation, proper everything. They want to acclimate into our society. They want to do the right thing. Members, yes, yeah, not the criminals, not the MS16, whatever that, whatever we we're talking about last administration. These are good, honest, hardworking people. They have issues. They want to be contributive. They want to join our beautiful America, and it's why not. And you know it's really so hard to believe, and I don't want to sound like I'm wearing rose-colored glasses. No, nah, that's all good. It's true. Everybody that's here came from somewhere at some yeah. point. Yeah. You know, the Indians didn't say, time out, you can't come. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's gotten to the point that it's crazy. But it's, like I said, it's just so politically motivating for people to hear this. Yeah. And nobody wants to hear the truth, which no. is we actually need people coming in here. Yeah, we do. Right? And they've made the process really difficult. So if you wanted to sponsor somebody now to come work for you, mm-hmm. high tech level, something like this, it becomes really difficult to actually get them. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars yeah, for yeah. lawyers to get you through the immigration process to bring them in here to be legitimate. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty sad. So let's talk about your program. How can we help you get word out? Because I've got to tell you, there are hundreds and thousands of employers here in Florida that are saying, I can't find employees right 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 so your program sounds like you've got the availability of people yeah to make this work talk to me tell me about your your whole mission well uh, truthfully our our whole mission is again just to just to re reiterate the whole admission all we're looking to do is to help those displaced disadvantaged and underprivileged individuals get housed educated and into the workforce here in the united states or wherever they're located globally. But since we're in Florida and we're speaking about Florida, right now we're looking at an initiative down south in Miami um, to help a municipality redevelop with their own goals. But to be a part of that development process, we want to come in and build 200 homes, do an 80-20 split, 80% for affordable housing, 20% will be for refugees or veterans or the displaced and low-income families. And in a energize that community. It was already a dilapidated community, but re-energize it using this as a catalyst to spark a better 
communal living opportunity for everyone. But doesn't that scare the crap of the people around? Because I'll give you an example. Yeah. Lantana's got a Kmart that's right over on Federal. Yeah, Island. yeah, that's a wonderful location. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted to put it, turn it into a mixed use. Yeah. And they were going to do workforce housing. Right. And workforce housing is lower rate or lower rated housing and apartments for firemen. For mm-hmm. police, mm-hmm. for teachers, because mm-hmm. our teachers and these folks can't afford to live in right. South Florida anymore. Right, and the word was spread by a bunch of people that are probably not nearly as educated as they could or should be mm-hmm. that it was going to be low income housing, and they didn't want that in the community. That they wanted retail, and my laugh was if Kmart couldn't survive in Lantana, <laughs> who can? <laughs> right, as far as retail. Yeah, right. Yeah, but um. You know, it's it's education, education, education. It it you're you're a product of your surroundings. So if you're gonna sit in that bubble and parrot that narrative of that negative narrative, then that's all you're gonna have. If you don't open your eyes and actually see life for what it is, not just through rose colored glasses, but just really see it for what it is and accept it and move forward with it, then that's the problem we're gonna have. So we have to have execution and someone like Who do ourselves, you want to execute? we have to have execution of the program so that we can go ahead and disrupt that narrative and let the truth be told so the issue was that and i've got a lot of friends that are working in the school system they're sitting there losing all these teachers because the so many so many right these teachers that are really passionate about being teachers weren't really concerned with money until they couldn't figure out how to put food on the table and where they were going to live because that's not become an issue right you can't afford i moved down here in boynton beach in 1998, and I paid $142,000 for a four-bedroom, <laughs> right, two-and-a-half right, right, bath right, on, right. on a little piece of water, you right, know? Right, 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 And I sold it five years ago for three hundred and twenty-five, and now they're selling for five fifty. Right. I could not imagine spending two bedroom, that kind of money. Two-bedroom condo with, with no amenities. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. It's crazy. So they can't afford to live here, but we want to hire good teachers. So how is that possible without people accepting that workforce housing is a good thing. Well, it's it's fortunate for our our specific situation because we're a non for profit, so we're not concerned about dividends. All we're concerned about is capital uh, turnover for execution. So if we can build the same, let's say eleven eleven hundred square foot three three bedroom apartment, two bath or three bath apartment, instead of selling it for four hundred fifty thousand dollars, we can sell it for two eighty. Right. You know, you're still going to have the commercial value because the property's going to be worth the property's worth, but we're doing it for affordability because that that impactive commerce interjection is going to, you know, expand tenfold, a hundredfold within the community. So everybody should literally start making more money. How are you raising money to do this? Because the fact of the matter is, I don't care what nonprofit you are. You've got to be able to make money. Yeah, we it, yeah, making money as a nonprofit is uh, it's not that difficult. It's the same as running a regular business. It's just your it's just what you use your money for. So we still have sponsorships. We're still raising uh, donations. Uh, right now, a lot of it's out of pocket. You know, to keep it moving forward, there's government assistance because there are those programs there that pay f- for every refugee, no matter where they're at or what they're doing. There's a dollar amount that's attached to each one legally. So we just utilize those funds to drive our narrative. That's have you talked exactly to Mo Vaughn? No, I have not yet. You need to. I would you need love to. make to. an intro. He's I'd love got to. Uh, like 700 people working for him, I think he said, and they are doing low-income housing. That's amazing. In all different places. A lot That's of amazing. That's amazing. We'd love to speak with him. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a pretty sharp guy. He was on the show with us. So, yeah, you should talk to him. He's down here in uh, Boca. Oh, cool. Very cool. Anytime, anytime, Mo, I'm right here.
Fundraising. What are you doing for fundraising? Uh, we're looking to work with a couple different artists um, and just blow it out, blow it out the box. You know, get the word out, social media, um, anything that makes sense. You know, it's obviously going to stay within the classic fundraising uh, sector with balls and galas and things of that nature. Associate with, would love to associate our programs with something like the Heart Ball, um, but wherever we can get it, you know, that's a we're just getting it. Wherever we can get it, we'll we'll take it. So, how do people? find out about you that are trying to get into the system with your assistance and thanks for asking Uh, our website is www.homesfreedomproject.com you can go right there on the link and um, and donate or you can just contact us at info at homesfreedom.com tell us what you want to do how you want to work with us and we'll be more than happy to work with actually there's a brewery um, here in Boynton that we're talking with the brewmaster and they were would love to, and made an offer to donate like 10 cents a bottle of beer that they sell, you know, to the foundation. And I think that would be awesome. You know, anything that the cup that the public can do to help us help them help you. We're all for it. Are you accepting donations? And I'm sure it's going to be a little bit easier once your 501 C three is approved for property. You got somebody who doesn't have yeah, a family. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Land we, because we, yeah, we absolutely can accept, accept gifts, and uh, we're just bound by all the other regulations. The gift can only be used for the purpose of the donation. So, say for instance, you someone donates the land, say, okay, you have to use this land for parking. That's what we have to use the land for, or you have to use the land for to build ten homes. That's what we have to use the land for. So we can't take the land sit on it, let it raise value, sell it back for capital or anything like that. Whatever the donation is for, like a gift, that's exactly what the gift is must be used for, and that's what we're going to do. How does Cars for Kids do it? They get all these cars. They must be flipping them. I don't think they're taking them apart. Oh, I have to do some research on them, but my first thought would be if that gift is for resale to drive capital, then that's what they do. Okay. Yeah, so you can establish that. Oh, Absolutely. I used to work for an adoption agency years oh, ago, 501c3, went through the whole thing. I was yeah, director yeah. of public relations. I was bringing little kids from China into nice. Connecticut. Nice. So I'm familiar with 501c3. So most people don't realize that as a 501c3, we charged a fee for an adoption. Yeah. It wasn't a donation. It was a fee, and it was based on 20% of your income. Exactly. $24,000 yeah. back then. Yeah. And then they could make a donation above and beyond. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole bunch of little gray areas in which... Well, I, I which would, I thought was really bad because I was the business guy, yeah, and the guy who was running it was a social worker, and he was running the gray areas. Right, right, right. It kind of bothered me, but you can sell things, make money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, the, here, here's a, again looking at the five hundred one c three and also the uh, non for profit. Whatever business that we do, we have to report back to to the IRS, right, or I ninety nine, or I ninety, and yeah, I nine nine ninety, but. At the same time, 80%, if not more, of the capital that comes into our company has to go for our initiative. So whatever is left over for operations, that's what we use to operate the business. It, it's a business. It needs money to be self-sustaining. But we're giving back 80%, 90% of everything we take in, and we're just gotta, we're using the rest of the capital so we can go raise more capital. I mean, it costs money to do these things. Have you partnered with the likes of McDonald's or Burger King and said, look, we'd like to be your partner in helping you get these people to help them become established? We're engaging with them now, um, with entities like that right now. Uh, Like I said before, 
right now it's just out of pocket, small donations here and there, and um, we're just taking it step by step, moving forward. We're very excited. Forget that. Go big or go home. You yeah, need right. To do this big, okay. <laughs> yeah. You need some multinational, multi-billion-dollar company to say we need you to fix our labor problems and let's get more people on the tax rolls. You heard it from Alan right now. We're we're open for you. Give us a call. Email us. We're ready to go. That's what we need to do. We're going to have to make some introductions and get you to some people. If we're, you're going to do this, seriously. We're very serious. It's it's just as simple to get one guy with three employees as it would be to get some company that's got $10 million and needs help. Absolutely. We're down to one minute. So I'm going to give you a minute. Tell anybody anything you want about you, your business, how to reach you, how to help you, how to talk to you. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you, listeners. You guys are great. You can reach us out at 561 664 Five four eight one. The line is on it twenty four seven, and um, just very grateful, thankful to be on the show. I couldn't ask for a better opportunity. You guys need help? Give us a call. We're here for you, and um, we love you. Thank you. So let's define this. If you know somebody who's a refugee that's here, right, and they're having an issue, you can help. Absolutely, we do work with uh, different other agencies that from provide food. Other ones provide uh, medical. You know, we work with the different refugee agencies, like the One Foot Dry Wet Policy, that organization, Rescue.org. We collaborate with them as well. So, you know, we have the ability to help wherever needed. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad we got to meet. Looking forward to figuring out how we can help you as well. And I think you're on the right path. We need to get the Democrats and the Republicans behind you to understand that this is the best way to resolve this problem. You heard it here first. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Good day. This is Alan, Secret to My Success, here again with my buddy, Samantha. Hello, hello. How's it feel to be Louie? I mean, it feels pretty good. Why not? I, I don't know how to play baseball, but I let you ask the questions. I sit here look cute. <laughs> you do look cute, but if you want to ask any questions and interject, I'd love Why to have you, much. okay? Why, thank you so much. It's all good. So we actually have a repeat guest, and we thought it was really important to bring him on. We have Mr. Conley Black. Conley. Yes, sir. Say hi. Hello, hello. And you brought with you today your partner, Mr. Travis. Yeah, Travis Lang. That's right, I'm here. Travis Lang, you're here? I'm here, live and direct. There you go. Well, guys, we appreciate you being here. I know you got a lot going on over there on the southwest coast of Florida, but let's talk about that first. How did you guys make out to this vicious hurricane? 
Um, we uh, we live in Babcock Ranch, so personally for us, uh, we did well. Uh, Babcock is kind of designed for storms, and this is the first true test, and it uh, worked out well. We we still have power, we still have water, all the kind of things. It's an odd thing because as soon as you step out of Babcock, you see. Say that again. We're breaking up. I know your cell service is a little diminished over there. Conley, I'll jump in. <laughs> jump in. Let's you hear me. Give him a hand. I'll yes. Jump in to, yeah. Yeah, Babcock Ranch, we, uh, we live next door to each other, and it uh, got a little windy, um, lost a few trees, uh, lost, lost a few parts of the roof, but uh, by and large, uh, we uh, came through unscathed. Um, uh, kids were uh, never lost electricity. Uh, all of our kids were uh, safe behind uh, hurricane shutters. I've never, iPads never skipped a beat. Uh, watched movies all through the hurricane, so... Uh, a great place to uh, ride out the storm, but uh, surrounding areas were not so lucky. How many miles were uh, you from Fort Myers Beach and the areas that uh, Sanibel they uh, took a beating? We're, uh, we're we're pretty far inland. Uh, we're right off, right north uh, west of North Fort Myers. So um, you get outside of Babcock Ranch, that development, and, and powers down, gas stations are down. It quickly turns into, uh, or last week at least, quickly turned into quite the madhouse. But I think things are up and rolling right now, and uh, we're we're hosting a lot of uh, linemen and uh, our uh, newly built uh, uh, school is uh, taking in a lot of uh, people from the coast that uh, need some shelter. Um, they were on they were on TV this this morning saying that that Babcock Ranch could be the model that they're going to use to rebuild some of those other areas with everybody having solar and the structures of the homes and how well it did that Babcock could be replicated to replace a lot of those homes that were destroyed. Your thoughts on that? I completely agree. I actually just moved down from Kentucky um, a couple of months ago. So this is my first hurricane, first taste of the Southwest Florida weather. So I had a lot of family members, they were pretty worried about us and are now very impressed uh, that we uh, rolled out one of the worst storms ever hit southwest Florida. We came out unscathed, and so property values are probably uh, on the way up again in that in that neck of the woods. Uh, there's a lot of more homes being built, and uh, it worked. I mean, I think the uh, probably some some doubters uh, whether the model investment would uh, would work. It definitely did. I hear it's really bad down there with. A lot of people still not having electricity, a lot of buildings damaged. I hear it's next to impossible to get gas. In fact, I have some friends that are over there, and one of my buddies was going over to look at his house. I'm like, hey, uh, can you take 10 gallons of gas to my friends for their generator? So I, it, it hasn't gotten back to normal, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get back to normal anytime soon. Your thoughts? Uh, I agree. Um, we're uh, this, uh, On Monday, uh of course, we own a business down here in Naples, and uh, the first time leaving the ranch, uh, we, we were kind of self-contained. But if you get off outside of Babcock, it was uh, lines for gas, uh, people trying to just get back and forth to the office or uh, powering generators. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've met a, a lot of people who've lost everything, and it's going to take months to kind of reshape the whole coastline. Uh, for sure. Um, parts of the region, uh, Florida Power and Lights did a great job. A lot of linemen from other states are down here uh, getting uh, power back up community by community. Um, but the hardest hit areas are, I mean, they're, they're months away from uh, rebuilding. 
So you guys both own two businesses, Florida Closets and More and Five Star Painting and More, correct? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, it's Florida Closets and More and then Five Star Painting of Naples. Okay. Uh, Five Star is a, a national brand. We own the Naples Territory. Um, and uh, we're down here. I'm down here in Naples today uh, getting started on some jobs. And um, A lot of people had minor leaks uh, getting us quickly patched up and we're in their homes uh, painting and then I expect it to be a busy year as people rebuild and maybe the last person they call to put the finishing touch on that re- remodel. Until they start screaming and it says you do and more, and we might need your and more to be my roof and <laughs> and the rest of yeah. my building that's done. Well, How's that going to change your not, business model? Uh, we're not uh, licensed to do any roofing, but we are uh, We're happy to help with uh, redoing garages, pressure washing, uh, anything that's kind of exterior, interior, uh, outer layer for protection. Um, so if you, uh, uh, we've got a lot of partners that we work with and partner brands. Uh, Five Star, we're actually part of a, a, a community of, uh, of home service brands. Um, so some of our sister companies are uh, Mosquito Joe, Mr. Electric, Mr. Reuter. We're all part of the same family called Neighborly. Um, so we all, we're all working together and very busy right now. But uh, yeah, there's about 30 30 home service brands under the same roof that uh, we're all working in concert with. So if we can't do it, one of our uh, district companies can, can take over. Unfortunately, unfortunately, when we have things like this take place, there's a lot of shysters and scammers that come moving in the area, trying to figure out a way that they could actually make some money and steal from really unsuspecting people that are just kind of looking to get some help. What recommendation do you have for anybody who's thinking about it, anything in your service area in the realm of what you're doing to protect themselves from people that are just not honest? Absolutely. Uh, we're seeing it already, uh, even in our neighborhood. Um, first thing you ask for is make sure they're licensed and insured and have any local licenses as well. Um Another easy check is just take a look, make sure they've got an online presence, plenty of uh, you know five-star Google reviews, um, and call around looking for any references. Um, there's a lot of home service businesses and people popping up overnight trying to get up on your roof, helping with insurance claims that are not licensed or registered uh, in the state of Florida. So definitely want to take a look for that. But that's one of the first things we hand out for our businesses is our, our license insurance and then encourage everybody to check us out and complete their due diligence before they hire anybody i own an insurance agency and i cannot tell you how many times i'll run up to somebody on the side of the truck it says licensed and insured and when i ask him so tell me what license do you have and tell me about your insurance and they're like uh so just general liability insurance doesn't actually make them insured to have people come in your house and some small person shows one or two people think that they're going to file an exemption with the state so they don't need workers' comp. And the only issue that comes from my perspective is that if you don't have workers' comp or a company that's trying to compete with you who's doing it legit, and I know you do it legit, that if a guy gets hurt in your house and you don't have workers' comp, he gets the right to sue the homeowner's insurance policy for the damages that took place to him as he's working there. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big risk. Um, that's one of the reasons we, we, we pay for all of the above, and it's uh, we lead with that during our, our sales process. That uh, we're covering you, anybody that uh, may work with us as a partner on, on the painting of closets, fully insured. Um, it's uh, 
basic necessity of doing business down here. Um, and then, uh, uh, on my closet side of things, it's a little bit more simple, but uh, Collie can, can jump in and uh, run through that area. Um, I'm more the expert down here in Naples on, on the painting and Collie's handling uh, the closets and, and storage piece. How do you see the storm affecting your business on the closet side? As far as the closet business goes, you know, we see probably a delay in new customers um, because people are kind of getting things put back together and still a lot of people, a lot of people don't have power. Uh, water, boil water notices are everywhere, and we understand that you know, a closet organizing system is probably not their highest priority right now. We've had a lot of customers that are fine and had no damage, and some had damage, and either way, they said, oh, we just want to kind of take a couple weeks. And uh, Yeah, so we're uh, the closet business is uh, probably going to be the last thing uh, uh, on people's minds right now as they get their homes back together. So we're, uh, the painting business is ramping up and getting very busy right now, so... Five Star Painting of Naples. Uh, we cover Astero, Benin Springs, uh, all of Naples. A um, lot of homes, um, you know, near the coast. Uh, not ready for those services yet, but uh, as we move into one, there's uh, quite a few homes that are experienced leaks, uh, anything like that. Uh, we're in there getting that touched uh, up right now. Do you do any uh, drywall repair? We don't. We have partners that we refer to do uh, drywall repair. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's, like I said, it's they're kind of the final piece uh, right now in that puzzle. Is, uh, picking out paint. So we went from massive uh, remodels and working with interior designers, to basically working with uh, general contractors and remodeling crews at the moment um, until things get back up to business as usual. So if I have a leak and I see some stains in my ceiling and stuff on my walls. Can I call you and have you come in with some of your contractors or some of your partners to get it all done and kind of use you as the interface to have all that work completed? Absolutely. Uh, we kind of pride ourselves as being a customer forward uh, sales and customer service operation. Um, so we've got a, a lot of guys driving around in five-star cars right now that are ready to help with uh, anything related to the interior exterior of your home um what we'll do is, is call one of our partners and uh and refer those but uh, like i said we're not actually licensed or insured or have the expertise to get, get up in there and uh figure out what kind of water damage you might have but we're happy to make referrals and uh, be part of the process so if it comes to something because it's hard to identify all the things that you do but if people have any questions and they're not sure and they're having a tough time reaching somebody who's going to give them some information or advice would it be okay if they were to reach out to you and you could at least give them some guidance and see if there's somebody within your network of people that can help? Absolutely. Uh, our number's uh, Flatshed over Town. It's uh, 239-22-PAINT. And you can uh, it's, it's schedule a meeting or uh, reach out to one of our sales reps or, or myself and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you over the phone or come out and meet you in person and see exactly what's going on and then uh, refer one of our partners to um Get you uh, set up. It is a. It, I'm sure every contractor and general contractor in town's uh, very covered up right now, so it's hard to get some FaceTime. So if we can be able to assistance, uh, happy to do so. Travis, you said you just moved down. That's right. And you were from uh, southeastern Kentucky. Kentucky. You don't sound like it. What's the deal? You don't have that accent. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I hear that a lot. <laughs> really. 
solidly from uh, from Appalachian, Kentucky. I, I, I don't hear it. And, and Conley's laughing because he doesn't hear it either. Wait, do you hear it? Do you hear it from me? I think I hear I a little do. more from you than I do hear it from Travis. Oh, come on, you Yankees! You hear it every, everywhere. And, um, and yeah, now that you're in South Florida, you're you're too far south to actually have an accent. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely sticks out down here. I moved here from Tennessee last year, and it was uh, there, and nobody noticed it, but here people pick up on it. Well, that's because everybody up there sounds the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Whoa, okay. It's uh, not true. Uh, but, no, Travis and I grew up together in southeastern Kentucky. And um, Did you guys ever talk you know, to each other? A year other? ago when I was – I could barely understand a thing you said, to be honest, growing up. He's such a southern, like, uh, Appalachian twang to his voice. I just nodded. That is pretty funny. So you guys are boyhood friends. How long have you known each other? Uh, since we were, like, kindergarten, first grade. And in kindergarten, first grade, did you have the master plan? We're going to build closets and paint them. No? No. No, not at all. We, uh, we uh, after high school, both of us kind of uh, went off uh, different colleges, married, moved to different towns, uh, had our own kids, <laughs> families in separate states. And then uh, last year, we kind of bonded over the mutual desire to, to start our own businesses. And uh, we both had similar career paths where we'd worked up into uh, leadership within companies, growing them in substantial sizes. And kind of just wanted to do our own thing and work together. And uh, so, closet business came first, and then we acquired this, uh, the painting business just uh, a couple months ago. And uh, we got a lot of plans for, for growth for both, as well as uh, adding to our, our stable home service businesses. So, when you guys have a disagreement about somebody going in the back and having an arm wrestle or throwing some gloves, make it make it work. Yeah, we just uh, we let our kids. We just had them free in the backyard and looking by We're too old to actually hit each other. <laughs> really? So we let, we, let them, we let them duke it out, and whoever's kid is, uh, you know, is still standing. Uh, hey, Conley, uh, Conley, can your Alan, kids take his kids? Alan, I, um, my eight-year-old girl is pretty, pretty strong. Um, yeah. But Travis and I had one disagreement in fifth grade. I beat him up, and he hasn't challenged me since. So. Um, I remember that. <laughs> so you had a you had a like a fist fight in fifth grade, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. I beat him. Yeah, I, I won. And in uh, thirty years, he's not challenged me since. So one of our guys came on, and we were talking about business partners, and his his line was beautiful. Partners are meant for dancing. Ooh. So you guys are getting along. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody tells me that. Everybody tells me I'm crazy, but. For me, I, I think we've done a good job of, uh, uh, both of us have had pretty intense corporate careers uh, and experienced a lot of growth and learned a lot of lessons, and uh, we're pretty cautious about working together and potential for ruining a friendship, but I think we're very serious about business and then very serious about family, and I don't think we've, we've crossed any boundaries thus far. We kind of leave it all on the field in terms of business and uh, more or less, we, we, we've not had any major disagreements this far that's required any hard talks. We've kind of aligned on those things. I think that's so important, especially partners that have the same work ethic and same belief. When you got one partner who says, I'm carrying more than you, buddy. Communism died. We're not doing this. That becomes a problem. Absolutely. So how do you complement each other? 
not saying, oh, wow, you look wonderful today, but how do you compliment <laughs> each other and what you both bring to the table? You know, we, we started out with Louie and, and baseball, and we used to joke around that if you had a baseball team full of Mark McGuire's, you'd actually suck because you need people that are going to get on base. You need people that are going to move runners over, you know, and, to, and to, to score. There's a lot of things that you need. So the last thing you want are two identical partners with the identical exactly. belief. So tell me, how do you guys complement each other? I think uh, if you're familiar with the phrase, you know, look before you leap, uh, calmly leaps when I look. And so uh, calmly is a good instigator, good catalyst for a lot of action within the business. I think I'm a lot more cautious, and uh, I like to look at numbers. Uh, if we didn't work together, Conley could find himself getting into a lot of businesses uh, getting up to his head and, and, and work and having too much going on. And I think uh, we balanced that out. I'm behind the scenes a lot, uh, making sure all the numbers work and giving green lights. And I think he's always networking and talking and uh, developing new opportunities. So um, he's the guy together, that wants to say yes to everybody, and you've got to pull him back and say, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, so he's, he's, you know, always working lunches always networking, always finding new opportunities. And I'm a guy who gets to say no a lot and uh, try to keep us uh, on track behind the scenes. Um, so if I'm together, a, you know, so if I'm a potential customer, I have a much better chance of getting a better deal from Conley than from you, Travis, correct? Most likely. I'm, I'm much more the, uh, the harder to get along with probably. And, uh, and, and Conley would be very much the, the guy that you want to talk to and get a good deal, or if you're looking to sell your business or, or whatever new investment we're looking at, uh, Conley's the tip of spear. Conley, are you here? Are you back? I, I've been here the whole time. Can you uh, hear me? Okay, so can you agree with what your partner just said, or are we going to have a little fight here on the air? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a wet blanket is what he's trying to say. He, uh, he, uh, I get exciting, fun things, and he likes to he likes to shut them down. But really, that's the whole reason we're doing this together. Everybody says, you know, no partner, no partner. People think I'm crazy. But for me, it's, it's having somebody who sees the things I don't see, thinks the way I don't think. And um, he's right. I mean, I would... You know, I would I would buy I would buy businesses that I probably couldn't handle and just figure it out. You know, I'm kind of more of that kind of guy. Let's just get down in it and figure it out. And Travis does it opposite. He figures it out first. And and then obviously both probably have their positives. But for him, it's his his way of doing things is definitely safer uh, and probably long term more successful. Um, but yeah, I think we complement each other well. I mean, from the beginning I and mean, growing up, we've all. We've always done things very opposite. We're, we're completely opposite, and it's funny because his wife is like me, and my wife is like him. So um, the four of us together in these family businesses is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's going great so far, and I plan. I think it'll probably continue to go great. And for me, it was you know, it's I like to. I had a business in, in East Tennessee. I started a new a new division for a home building company, and I. I really enjoyed it the three or four years I was there. And I realized after I left that I didn't really care about the business, it was the people I did it with. And so when I was down here, when I started Florida Closets and more, I was just by myself. And so I needed, I want more people around me that I enjoy being around. And, and Travis and I kind of were on the same wavelength. So why not do it with people you, if you're going to work every day, why not work with people you like working with? And at the same time, I get to make sure my, you know, my oldest friend is, is taken care of and his wife and kids are taken care of and everybody's happy. 
So I have a better idea. I was thinking about this instead of you guys beating each other up or getting your kids to beat each other up. If you guys have a disagreement, you could send your wives in and they could figure it out for you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm not. That's the worst idea you've had. You're probably right, but, uh, yeah, they definitely they definitely run the, the show. Uh, that's for sure. Travis likes to think he runs the show in his house, but he does not. I I give no... I definitely don't run the show in my house, and that's fine by me. You know, it's funny, guys. I think the next time we do this, I'm going to bring your wives on. We're going to talk to them. This should be a whole lot more fun. We should do it in yeah. person so that we don't have to worry about cell phones as well. But, yeah, they would, they would love it. <laughs> We're going to make that happen. So, guys, tell us. Somebody wants to get in touch with you. Somebody needs some help. Somebody's in some of those outlying areas that they're just they're not finding the resources. How do they reach you? For, for five-star painting in Naples, uh, like Travis said, the phone number is 239-22-PAINT. You can also go to fivestarpainting.com slash Naples. Um, for Florida Closets and More, the website is floridaclosetsandmore.com. And the phone number is 239-284-2382. But also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and all those places. We're, we're pretty easy to find um, and pretty easy to get a hold of. Guys, we are so happy you are here with us again, Conley, and getting to meet Travis. We are super happy that you survived. There's so many people over there. We just heard the number today was up to over 100 people that didn't make it. Our thoughts and prayers are with you guys in Southwest Florida, and we appreciate all that you do. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. You got it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success on Legends 100.3. 